0: Welcome to the Resilient Teacher Project. I'm Julie Sohacki, a Clinical Professor and Program Director for English Secondary Education at University of Hartford. If you want to see more, please like my Facebook page, Simplify Rejuvenate Teach. It's where I post podcast episodes and other inspiration for teachers. The Resilient Teacher Project is on the go professional development segments intended to empower and inspire busy educators. My mission is to grow resilient teacher leaders by offering innovative and inspirational content. All topics integrate teacher self-care and well-being, both in and out of the classroom. I am so happy today to welcome Joanne Mumley, middle school teacher at Terrell Middle School in Wolcott, Connecticut. Joanne is a veteran teacher who regularly blogs for a young adult lit review site and attends the CONACOM convention, did I say that right? Comic-Con convention, to listen and interview panels of YA authors. She also has a knack for introducing and pairing individual students with the perfect YA books for them with outstanding results. After reading the books, students often report that they were able to see themselves for the first time as readers. That's powerful. Our specific topic today is the connection between resilience and empathy within young adult literature and how this has specifically empowered Joanne's middle school class. So let's look quickly first at the research on the University of Pennsylvania resilience skill set. All teachers can work towards this in developing these skills with their students, and there's six of them. Self-awareness, which is all about that students are aware of their thoughts and feelings. Self-regulation, this is where growth mindset comes in, where teachers and students value growth mindset, and embracing challenges. Optimism, which really is even if one area of life is not going well, we're able to see the good in life still connections, which is realizing the importance of strong relationships that help you rise, mental agility, which really looks at creative and flexible problem solving, which happens a lot uh, specifically in young adult lit, and character strengths, which are really using our strengths as superpowers. So thinking of these as resilience skills, Joanne, and, and welcome to you. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so excited to talk to you today about this. <laughs> Thank you. How, how does young adult literature in general create a space for students to identify resiliency?
1: I think, especially when it comes to YA Lit, it gives students a safe space to talk about things that will bring about these resiliency skills. Oftentimes, especially in the middle school, in teenage years, I remember you don't like, you don't like to put yourself out there too much because you're often afraid of what others might think of you or that you might be different. Yeah. But through the literature, you they can talk about those important things that they've seen that, or they're concerned about through the lenses of characters that they've related to without, they can put themselves out there, but still feel safe about it because they have that lens to talk to their peers about those ideas. So YLIT, since it's relatable to them, can create a safe, comfortable space for them to talk about things where they can become self-aware and they can start to learn about problem solving and, and how, the, how connections with other people are important.
0: Okay, that sounds great. That, that sounds like they're really able to connect the resilience skills through the literature. But um, how do students learn empathy in particular through the literature?
1: I think while it helps them to to start to see people who or realize that even though people may come from different backgrounds or different experiences that we all are, have these similarities we're all human so it's not just them versus like others if they get to see like the children and that have different life experiences they still they still want the same things they still may worry about the similar things they may worry about their family or the future they may want somewhere safe to be. They might worry about, you know, what others are thinking about them, whether they're teenagers in California or a different country, or they just grew up in different environments that the others aren't really others. They're, you know, we all have these differences, but we're still human.
0: Yeah, we're still, we're still human. And so this shows them how we're all interconnected and, and yeah those feelings similar. similar. Yeah. Okay, great. And so this reminds me of a change maker project that you talked to me about before, and I was so impressed by it. I'm just curious. I mean, you can tell the listeners a little bit about that project, but also I'm interested in how it's actually evolving.
1: Well, we, as a group of seventh grade, teachers created this unit based off of what we had seen on social media as well. So we didn't really come up with this whole idea. But we wanted to show our students that they could have the power to be change makers in their world. Teenagers, they're they're in tune with what's going on, and they still worry about what's going on in the world in their own way. But I think often they might feel that they don't have the power to change anything in their lives. So we opened up the unit To reflect on how teenagers and adults have changed um, things in their in their community around the world globally, or sometimes just within their schools. It centers around books and even just news articles that have shown up. And it's amazing to see 12-year-olds becoming so engaged and trying to and doing research on their own to try to figure out how they could change something that they've seen as an injustice or just something that they don't think is right, or they want to fix or help other people in their community. Oh, go ahead. No, and, and since then it's kind of evolved across grade levels too, and you get to see the eighth graders kind of taking what they've learned and become more active in the school community, as well as like the teachers kind of all talking together and collaborating to try to make sure we're the support system for the kind of, engagement that they have in changing the world around them
0: that sounds amazing and the fact that it continues year after year is just it sounds like there's great collaboration at your school there yes there is which is great okay and so can you just give us a, a specific example of um, a project what it what a student would do and what it would look like and what the topic might be
1: Sometimes it's something just as simple as helping the local animal shelter, but they do everything on their own with with guidance from their teachers. Or sometimes I'll go back to maybe a sixth grade teacher or or we'll have eighth graders come back to seventh grade. Um, They create a proposal. We've had students write proposals to the principal and present in front of the school board to get fundraisers for certain things that they thought were really important. Um, from, yeah, you know, like I said before, like animal shelters or raising money to donate to the children's hospital. Um, sometimes they've given the proposals to their Boy Scout troops and they've done things through their, um, their church groups. So it kind of, they go out into the community with their proposal. So we're not, the teacher isn't the audience for the proposal. Like it's part of their, their unit, but we see them on their own taking that proposal and bringing it out into the community and to keep it going. So it's not a requirement for them to actually get this fully started, but they're so engaged with their topic and their research that they take it all away. And it's not just a proposal, it's something that they actually end up doing.
0: I love that. And I love how it integrates right into your classroom. Um, so thank you for sharing that. So how would you say that your, your classroom in general? So I think The Changemaker Project is a great example, but how's your classroom become more kind and compassionate as a result of young adult literature?
1: I think there's a couple ways it's helped. One, through class discussions for the YA books that that they have in their book clubs. They get to see and connect with characters and each other based on their conversations on the characters' motivations or what they would have done differently in that situation and they problem solve together. And outside of the, the the classroom, we have, as a school community, we've decided to try to make that reading visible. So students will have what they're reading, like posters on the wall, with book covers of why books that they're reading, and what teachers are reading as well. But it, it allows kids to talk to other students That they may not talk to, they may not be in the same classes, they may be in different grade levels, but they know that one person may be reading this book, and it allows people from, allows the students who may not talk to each other to have like some commonality so they can kind of connect with people outside of the classroom as well.
0: This is a great idea to create a stronger community within a school. And so just another. Another way that your school is really um, doing something amazing. Uh, what about the idea of creative problem solving? You said that they're doing some creative problem solving together because as they read, they realize, oh, I would have done something differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that sounds like very powerful that they're able to take a problem in a YA book, which could be significant, and then analyze it and come up with a different solution. Yeah,
1: and through Y literature, I know when they when they start to discuss, they can get they're very passionate about what they're talking about with their peers and and they they discuss the, the characters' actions and and in some ways I think it also helps as a whole for them to start reading social cues as well. Because they get to read characters' actions and motivations, but also get to reflect on on themselves like how they would have handled or not handled the situation and they get to see a bigger world with different perspectives through discussing what's happening in the book so by learning and trying to understanding people's motivations behind actions it helps them self-reflect but it's not to them with class discussions it's it's not how I say it's not like an essay so they don't feel the same like confinement. So you get to really see them kind of bloom in their discussions about that as well.
0: Mm -hmm. I I love that. And it must lead to some type of empathy between the students. And that's what I'm interested in too. Just from, you know, your project and in the YA lit, have you seen instances of empathy between students in your classroom that you just stopped and thought, wow, I've I've seen students who may not talk to each
1: other, become friends over, over books that they're reading. Wow. Um, And it's, you might, I had one student even say like, I I would never have talked to her just because our our past, our social like groups don't really cross over, but we have so much in common and we're going to read this book next together. And we're going to go on Snapchat and we're going to make sure we keep up with the reading that way. It's not a signed book. It's just there's multiple copies in, in our media center or in my library, and they're talking about books with each other and they're making new friends through literature, which I think is wonderful because they're passionate about reading but it's also making them comp- compassionate towards others as well
0: It really is wow so our listeners are probably you know want they probably want an example of a powerful YA book that impacted your students.
1: Oh, there's so many. Um, I know across classrooms, and not just my own classes, but with other teachers, a lot of books that have been shared across the hallway is a long way down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been something just dis- like they're really discussing on the decisions in the book. The Hate You Give, uh, Ghost. Um, one whole class novel we, we had a discussion about with like motivation and just understanding people from a dif- different like, time period, but how teenagers haven't really changed and how like we're similar um, was Wolf Hollow. Oh, uh, okay. So there's so many. I can, I can keep going on and on. There's
0: so, there's so many. Why don't we stop and just talk briefly about a long way down because that's really powerful. I know what I like seeing it's, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about it just in case they haven't read it?
1: Oh, I want to, I don't know if I can do it justice. I don't have the book in front of me. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But it is a long way down is about a boy who's lost his, his brother to gun violence and it's told in through poetry. So even sometimes my reluctant readers will open it open and start to read simply because there's not a lot of words on the page. Mm-hmm without them really fully realizing to the end, like how like powerful the book and how deep the book will go. And all it is, is it's the boy's journey down the elevator as he's trying to figure out how to deal with what's been going on. And, and is he going to retaliate or, or not? And to hear discussions across grade levels in the hallway or even with different levels of readers, whether they're just starting to be beginning to see themselves as readers or students who proudly say that they're readers, they have this book to talk about and it, they're dealing with life choices and, you know, they get to see and try to realize how decisions have, have consequences and how they would deal with it if they were in those person's shoes and see different viewpoints of, of how to deal with things.
0: It's it's such a powerful book. And again, it's called A Long Way Down. And so I would recommend that um, as something to read either in a small group, if you're doing book clubs, or um, even in, in a large group, because just the decision making and the, you know, because as teens or, or young teens, the decisions that they make would would never be something this big. Mm-hmm. Um, And the idea of this book taking place as, you know, the protagonist is is going down the elevator, is just, it blows my mind.
1: And I also like how the fact that it's so powerful, you can kind of see the evidence of it just within the students. One student reads it and talks a little bit about it, and then it spreads like wildfire and you can't keep the books on the shelves because every... Everyone want, now wants to be involved in this discussion that's happening outside the classroom because it's not a book we have in our curriculum, but it's definitely a popular one that kind of goes around for their independent reading. So it's nice to see the interest kind of become contagious.
0: I love this. And what what just because you're so good at this, Joanne, what would be a starting point for a teacher who really wants to start independent reading but just hasn't really been able to because they're following the curriculum and and now they really just want to make that space for this independent reading time or even small group reading what do you suggest i think it's it's kind of
1: setting a little bit of the time in the day to to stress the importance i know in our school community we've had collaborative meetings where we're trying to figure out how to create a, a reading culture in the building. So it's providing students opportunities to look at the books. We have worked with uh, our media specialists to create just one period in the day where they have it could be a book tasting or we have book scavenger hunts and it, it changes from, the, from each grade level. But giving them time and showing that that time is valuable to look for books. Uh, we do first chapter Fridays where we have guest speakers. Our administrator has come into some of the classrooms to do first Friday like reads and showing that, that he sees the importance in reading.
0: Mm, I love we, that.
1: We have students go on morning announcements and do book talk. And our hallways now are lined with pictures of book covers of what with students' names underneath of what they're reading. Teachers have colorful book covers on their doors of what they've read, what they're currently reading, and what they're planning on reading next. And just giving them and showing the importance of time. We are lucky enough to have like a 90-minute block for ELA, but we make sure that we set up like 10 minutes of Independent reading time for them, minimum per per block, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and sometimes I model just reading myself or having conversations with individual students and having those conferences, which where it's just an informal talk about like what they're reading and what they think is going on and what they're finding is exciting. So if they they see that talk happening, I think it will help. It helps create that reading culture too. So it's trying to find out baby steps, picking one thing and just showing that it's important.
0: Oh, it sounds like you've created your, you know, your school's created a culture of this community of readers, which is Mm -hmm. so exciting. And so as you talk about these conferences, is it kind of based on Penny Kittle's book love? Is it that type of conference?
1: Sometimes it follows that. And sometimes it's, it's just a like hey that I you know I read that book too that's great or and modeling even after like Donald Miller where you find a book and just tell a student I saw this book and I thought I thought of you take a look at it
0: awful yes because then it also
1: shows that you're it's showing empathy too you've been they know that someone is is thinking of them
0: Yes. And you're building a relationship with the students. You're creating that mutual respect. It's, it's just beautiful. Now, one other question that I'm thinking maybe teachers may have, if they're listening, how do you integrate writing with this independent reading? Does that happen at all?
1: I, I find my passionate in I love teaching writing. Okay. And I know they, they love to share their ideas. So we have different activities for them, even through writing, um, students, when they do their book talks, they have to plan out what they're going to say and how to communicate that, and it's over a video, so they really have to make sure they have, have what, an idea of what they're going to say. So they're practicing their writing skills informally. It's not graded, so they, it's their passion for the books that are kind of propelling that. Um, when we have book talks, a lot, of, a lot of students will take their notes and write out that way. And then I see them getting inspired by what they're reading and they start to write their own fan fiction during their, their journaling time based of characters that they've loved. So it's students who may not even see themselves as writers, but they think they're readers, but they kind of fall in love with that whole fan fiction too. But it gets them practicing their writing and their stories can be amazing.
0: It sounds amazing. It absolutely does. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. So do you before we, you know, before we say goodbye, do you have anything else that, you know, you might want to share with literacy teachers, ELA teachers, or just any teachers that you haven't really mentioned?
1: I I think one thing I would say is that sometimes it can be it can be overwhelming. We we have a lot on our plates with curriculum and state assessments that having to add one more thing can be really over overwhelming. But if they take just one moment and try to do one thing and it helps connect with the students, it's going to make a, a really big difference. Our reading culture didn't happen overnight and it's still developing, but we're taking those tiny steps and hoping that it, it spreads, but not to get overwhelmed with it all, I think is is for our own resiliency. Like, if it doesn't work the first time, it's okay. You can try again. One one way of promoting a book may work with one class, and you try it the next year, and it it's not. But then the third year, the that group will love the other book again. So it's kind of being okay with yourself too, as educators and as teachers, and just being aware of that. It, it's going to take time. Yeah
0: thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for for joining me today. This has been fun and so informative. So thank you everyone for listening and until next time, take good care.